Welcome back to the Tea and a Buddy podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Erica. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about how the war left its mark on Britain. Right. And is we're... it just going to be World War II or like sort of both wars? Both wars, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you know. Both wars. Like there's, there's only been two wars. There's only both. Yeah. I mean, both world wars. World wars. Yes. Um, world War One. Uh, is still talked about, you know, today, you know, with the Remembrance Sunday. And I don't think there's too much of a... I don't think over here there's an equivalent of that, the 11th. Um, yeah, it's... Um, oh, is it... Because Memorial Day is, is something Veterans different. Day, Veterans think. Day, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. Um, It's Remembrance Sunday in the UK, where at the 11th hour of the 11th... Right, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. day of the 11th month you know it's a minute silence and you know the monarch it'll be king charles now lays yeah. a wreath at um the cenotaph in whitehall mm. and everybody you know remembers the people wear poppies yeah because of flanders field in belgium i mean you know americans did fight in world war one oh yeah yeah no they did but again it was like i think we we entered late well, it was an it was you know, it was so. it was an entry, um, that was you know because the Russians had pulled out of the war, mm. and they were fighting on the um the Allies' side against Germany and Austro-Hung and the Ottoman Empire. I think it was maybe it wasn't the Ottoman Empire, Austro-Hungary. I mean, you are looking at me for clarification. Yeah, because I, I mean, really don't. you know, I'm not it's up on my World War One history <laughs> um, very much. But, um, yeah, they entered and it was like, yes, you know, the World War and stuff. And it and it ended like maybe a year later. Yeah. Whereas in World War Two, again, it was like a case of there was an isolation movement yeah. in the years between where America was like, yeah, we're not going to form any European alliances or mm. do any deals over there. If any war breaks out, we're just going to keep out of it. You know, yeah. and just kind of keep to ourselves to ourselves, yes, grow yeah. our defenses and all this. Yeah. But of course, when the Nazi threat started started up, yeah. Britain was seriously in need of like thing and the whole lend lease agreement. That's a whole episode on its own, really, the yeah. lend lease agreement. But you know, neutrality act, and you know, no, that's no American citizen could be drafted or pulled in. You know, so if you were an American in London. During the war breakout, and someone yeah. goes, "You got to be out there fighting." Yeah, it's like, nope, I'm American. I'm an American. <laughs> I'm neutral. You know. Gosh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure many of them just joined up, though. Out of yeah, no, there was a lot of people who could join up, and to, and, you know. and and you know, they could join the because Canada had declared war like a week. That's interesting. A week later, I never thought about Americans who were living in Britain at the time that war broke out. You know. Yeah, because I mean, I, I'm sure like as journalists or, you know, whoever was in London, you know, to report the news mm. were exempt from it, obviously, yeah. from any fighting or, you know, getting involved in any way. But there was still with like Roosevelt, there was still kind of like this, oh, we've got to do something. We've got to send, because, you know, Britain had nothing. It was bankrupt at that point. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. And the rationing and everything, you know, and that's another thing, you know, the rationing (laughs) and, yeah, the depression and everything. Um, But, yeah, you know, because there's a lot that still remained after, you know, because it was like 
the blitz and the threat of invasion mm. and you know being that close to it you yeah. know it was it, it's like it was more kind of like an extreme and intense situation. Well, yeah. So it makes sense that there are so a lot of... The, which the effects, which are only just now kind of starting to wear off in the UK, really. Yeah. yeah. You know, because, you know, that that generation, by the turn of the 1999 to 2000, the generation who fought in the war and survived mm-hmm. were dying off. Old yeah. age and whatever. But I mean, even then... I think that the war and wartime, like, life is still just so ingrained. Like, even young it's... people in, in Britain now, like, know probably a lot more about it than... I mean, American, I, that, that's an interesting in poll they should they should conduct. You know, YouGov keeps sending me these polls about, um, or polls, <laughs> <laughs> um, on things. They should say, oh, how much does... You know, people under 25 know about the war. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast. Like, what still lingers and, um, you know, what has just become part of everyday kind of culture over there. Because it just can't be the same over here because like you said the proximity to where the action was happening yes i mean it never directly affected i mean i suppose it would have directly affected people who had people in the military you know family in the military who went over there like you yeah and you know so that the war was thing but if 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 it was a case of like oh yeah you know as far as everyday life i mean i mean i've never been to hawaii but Maybe, maybe, you know, there are, like, things that you see in everyday life that remind you of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Yeah. If you live over there. But but in, you know, mainland America, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I mean, because, nothing. Because, because yeah. there was no, there was no action over here, you know. Because, I mean, I grew up in, the, I was born in the mid-1980s. Mm-hmm. So I grew up well after the war had ended. Everything was Back to no- World War Two had ended, and everything was back to normal. It was peacetime, yeah. I guess you could call it. Yeah. And, but you know, I grew up with like shows on TV, like um, Dad's Army, which was a comedy <laughs> about you know the Home Guard during the war. Yeah. And you know, I, I occasionally asked my dad, "It's like, oh, you know, did we have any?" It's like, oh yeah, your grandfather was in the Navy during the war, mm-hmm. and he saw action at some place or whatever, you know? Right, yeah. And, but he was, then he became a policeman in the, in the when he, when he left the army and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Navy. <laughs> um, and I think, um, of course, my grandmother was a nurse during the war, you know? Yeah. I mean, she never went overseas, but she was a nurse during the whole, you know, thing, you know, the whole, like, mm-hmm. Battle of Britain, the Blitz and everything, you know? Yeah. And the Blitz is something that everybody talked about. There were still people living in Britain, as you know. You didn't have to be in the military, you know. They were they were all codgers or whatever. They were like, "Oh, yeah. my Ernie died in the Blitz." <laughs> yeah. You know, I went yeah. out shopping one morning and came home, and the whole place was in rubble, and he was gone. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it's like, and then of course there was people who were like, "Oh and yeah, I was evacuated as a kid." Everybody's grandparents had some sort of story, like yeah, you know. And you know, some of them was like, "Oh, I was evacuated as a kid. I was born in the." Yeah. In the late 30s, and then I was evacuated to the countryside. Mm-hmm. 
from London or wherever, one of the big cities, you know. Yeah. Which Operation Pied Piper was, you know. But that's something that's something else we never really even had in America. Just even TV shows that were like Hogan's Heroes. Hogan he- Hogan's Heroes. That's yeah. one thing I hear about. I think you know. that's the only. Like, Mash World was about War the TV. Korean War. Yeah. I think Hogan's Heroes might have been the only TV show. You know, I mean, of course, there's billions and billions of. Films movies that are set yes in the war yeah i um, mean you know like there was a lot of like um the longest day all that kind of stuff yeah, you but know the, but those are not necessarily and it's usually about americans or you know usually about what usually about the normandy landings yes but i mean um they're well, I guess you could say that might be geared toward Americans, obviously, because I mean, well, I mean, that's, that happened that's, that's, just after America arrived in the war. Yeah, nineteen like, <laughs> about nineteen forty two was when America, because in December nineteen forty one was when Pearl Harbor happened and they declared war yeah. on the Japanese, and then Germany and Italy declared war on America. So in nineteen forty two, that's when. The army was mobilized, the air force was mobilized, mm. and the navy and whatever. And it was like across the sea to the UK, and you know, then you know, yeah, we have to stop. We have to, you know, we have yeah. to invade France. So you know, and that's that's part of you know the um, the kind of like lingering effects because you watch like I know shows like Dad's Army, and you show and like Goodnight Sweetheart and stuff, mm. and they kind of follow the events of like oh the rationing. And the the blitz and, you know, sheltering in the underground. Yeah. And in some of these underground, like, stations that have been abandoned for years, there's mm-hmm. still, like, wartime posters. But, that's, but, that, but that was my point. You know, we don't have any sort of, like, or we never had any sort of TV show that was, like, yeah. about America during the war, you know? Because it yeah. was, like, life over here was sort of It the was same, the same. You know? I mean, there was some There was some There was rationing. rationing. You know, women had to go into the workforce again, you know, like in Britain, because men were gone and... Yeah. Um, it sounds weird Rosie to the Ri- say women had to... Rosie the Riveter, yeah, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. They had to do a man's job, <laughs> yeah, as they yeah, say, yeah. you know? yeah. It's like they weren't just, you know, at home with the children. But there's no sort know. of like, there there weren't really quite as, dr- and, and, you know, this may be just because of my, you know, this may be my generation talking. Like if we had an older person, if my grandmother was still here, maybe she would say, oh, yes, it was, it was different. It was a lot different during the war than, I mean, at a different time, yeah. I mean, just, just. No, I mean, like, yeah. you know, she, to her, it might have seemed oh, that life did change a lot, yeah. you know, but I don't, not as much anyway as it did in Britain, obviously. No, I think there was, there was a lot more like scarcity, you know, with the rationing and mm. just and we the general depression and the, bo- <laughs> and the, yeah, the bombing <laughs> didn't help that. I mean, the Blitz was only really from 1940, there was nine months really that the, the most happened. Yeah. And, you know, the landscape, and there was a couple I read about when I'm doing my research um, this the the grandchildren of an old ARP warden, the air raid protection officer, uh, who used to go around warning of the air raids and then mapping the damage after it had happened. Yeah. Just explain that really quickly, just in case. I mean, you you just what? did, but a little bit, 
a little an air bit raid. More. Yeah, because we don't know what that is. An air raid war. That, that was like air raid precaution or air raid patrolmen. Mm-hmm. There were these, like, older, civ- older. They were kind of older people or people who couldn't serve in the actual military. Yeah. They were issued with a tin hat with ARP on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the, like the tin hat was going to do anything. <laughs> well, it's like the old tin hat from like World War One. Yeah. Which didn't, you know, like, and it was kind of like white with a, like a black stripe and they had authority, you know. Yeah. They had a torch and they had like a gas mask. Everybody was required to carry a gas mask in Britain because there was a threat of a gas attack. Yeah. They were like, oh, the Germans are coming over, they're going to drop gas, and, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll mm-hmm. all be knocked out, and then that'll be the end of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and they they came round, and they would they would come round and go, there's going to be, you know, you've got to get... Ev- uh, put that light out. Yeah. Because the... the um, you couldn't show lights in, in a blackout mm-hmm. during an air raid. But they would also stand up, literally stand up on the roofs of the buildings. They'd stand up on the roofs <laughs> of the buildings, maybe with them... Um, watching for planes, right? Watching like, for <laughs> planes, uh, you know, with searchlights. And they'd also be on, like, fire duty. And they'd rope some civilians into it, too, which was a bucket of sand. And it's like, if they dropped an incendiary bomb... Which is what bombed out the, the bombed out church in Liverpool. That's oh, what yeah. bombed it out was an incendiary device. Oh yeah. And if it was like, boosh, you know, you had to put um, sand over it to like, you know, so it didn't catch fire snuff or whatever. It out. Snuff it out. Yeah. And you know, when that's going on, you know, you could be hit by a bomb. You know, you could be <laughs> yeah. hit by an actual bomb or yeah. whatever. You know. But it's like these are just like cinders being dropped from like far off. Yeah. Explosions. And these are people. I mean, did they go through any training? I mean, you know, compared to like today's kind of like intensive training courses for like thing, they were just told by a government official or an army or a firefighter what to do. Yeah. And that was it. And it's just like, okay, yeah, while while everyone else is supposed to be um, seeking shelter and, you know, going down into bomb cellars and stuff. um, They're they're up on the roof. They they had like authority to like fine civilians who were skirting the blackout rules you know by keeping lights on or whatever Mm. or opening the window or whatever Uh, and they also knew from like you know because when an air raid was going to happen oh the germans are coming over tonight so yeah gotta get gotta prepare gotta prepare people and you know everyone get evacuated and people will just be like well i'm not going they can blow me up i don't care you know And they eventually, they might, or they mightn't, you know, it's like, it was. It's reminiscent of people over here who, when a hurricane is coming, say, well, I, I'll i be fine. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to stay here. I'm not going to evacuate. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that kind of stuff. I mean, all that kind of stuff was like, everybody was like preparing for invasion at that point. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, just before the war was declared, the kids were evacuated. Yeah. You know, but because they were like, oh, there's air raids going to happen, you know, right. imminent. And then war was declared. The air raids didn't really happen for a while. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, well, the kids can come back then. Yeah. And people were like, and some people were like, no, leave them where they are. The government were seriously going, no, you know, and they'd have like propaganda posters of Hitler going, take them back, you know, to the to the mothers who were like, oh, I, I, I want my kid back, you know. Yeah. But the government were like, no, it, 
just, you know, hang on. Mm-hmm. But some of them would come back and, you know, the air raid started and then they were like, okay, get them out of here, you know, yeah. back back to the country. And so, you know, they there was like Operation Pied Piper where, they, you know, these kids were just like, you know, shipped off on a train and with the little tag <laughs> mm. saying, you know, their names and addresses and their little thing. So, which that, is, br- so that brings us to another way that Britain still remembers, remembers the, the war. war. As um, if you've ever seen Paddington, Paddington or read the Paddington <laughs> books, you know, like he comes to and you'd think, oh, it's just an immigrant thing. You know, it's just like she's packed him off from Peru. Yeah. Deepest, darkest Peru. Or it's just some kind of cutesy little element of the story. Or, you yeah. know, whoever whoever had him is just like, got a little thing that says, oh, take care of this bear, you know, what, whatever, you know. But it was Michael Bond who wrote the stories, saw like photographs of all these kids in train stations with little battered suitcases and uh, coats on with um, labels around their necks with their names and addresses or who where they'd come from. Yeah. And, and they know, looked the, like little city, you know, they little had city little boys. Boots their... Oh, yeah. And that's another thing, you know, like people who were taking in these kids yeah. were shocked at their diet. You know, they had such a poor diet. And, you know, because out in the country, it was kind of like things were a little bit um, better because, you know, you had access to farms. You know, so you had fresh milk, you had fresh eggs. Mm. And you had like, you know, you could be near a mill where the fresh bread. Yeah. You know, whereas like in the cities, it was like all this stuff had to be imported in. And it was kind of like. You know, no, there's no room for that. It's got to go to the war effort. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you know, you're rationed on everything, you know, chocolate and everything. Yeah. So it's just so funny, you know. Yeah. How people may or may not know that that's where the little element of Paddington Paddington came from. Came from, you know. Yeah. It's just interesting. Again, um, probably the first time I ever read or saw the chronicles of narnia the same thing they had little oh they, they were they, well they the, yeah the, you know because that's the thing you know when you read about operation pied piper you're like in popular culture mm-hmm. there's like a ton of like books and films that have been kind of like that's a main theme of and it when, and when you're a kid and you're and you're you know reading this story or whatever you, you just don't think, think that's an uh, element again that someone's made that up yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's like, an element of the story oh they sent their kids mm-hmm. off to go who live did with, who did that honestly with, you know to go live with strangers or yeah. like distant relatives or whatever people that they don't even know and so they had to have a a little tag on them saying who they were, or, yeah. you know, like sort of and like limo drivers picking up a passenger at the airport. It's just like you're, well, str- it's you're just going ca- with strangers. Yeah, you know? it was just like their schools would be packed off onto a train. Mm. And, you know, they didn't know. It was just like they were being collected by a stranger at the at the train station at the other end and taken to a home that they didn't know. Yeah. And, you know, some of them had great lives. You know, they stayed there, like, from, like, five years. Yeah. Which is an eternity for a child. So when the war was over and they were like, okay, it's time to go home now. You, you, your parents are still alive. Yeah. So, you know, they go back and they'd be like, oh, I don't know who you are. No. This is weird, you know. Um. So other things in, like, popular culture or just, like, carrying on in everyday life that is a that is a reminder of the war or wartime. Yeah, um, is some of the propaganda the propaganda stuff? like uh, yeah like if the invader comes, mm. 
they'd send out these leaflets that say, you know, you know, like, um, if the invader comes, this is what to do and when to do it. Yeah. And, you know, some people would, like, go, oh, no, no, I don't really like this, so it's too... But, I mean, do they still... They still kind of, like, have, you know... They put that out sometimes or like i mean du- during the, cur- the the pandemic apparently the government resorted to oh yeah doing that again yeah. you know if the coronavirus comes stay in your house you know do this <laughs> you know it was like oh it's very wa- wartime and people were like oh this is worse than the blitz <laughs> the most the government popular went example, back. Yeah. of course, is the Keep Calm and Carry On campaign, which was never well, well, that was never actually implemented. That was only impl- that was only going to be implemented if the Germans had actually invaded. Yeah, that's if the Germans so... had actually invaded, that would be like okay, you know, just put up these things, keep calm, carry on, keep calm, you know. Yeah, and so how did that creep into popular culture? I would someone say, found it in an office. I would say what about. 15 years ago yeah it started to spring up like someone found it in an office in the back of an office and thought oh it looks pretty cool with the crown and everything you know Mm -hmm. the original poster yeah and it was like an old you know whatever and someone i don't know if the 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 uk government still owned the copyright on it or whatever this guy just took it and started printing it out yeah on everything mugs making it merch you know and it became like (laughs) and you know basically making it a merch item Mm -hmm. and you know it just like everybody was like oh yes i love that it's a very british thing and you know anglophiles were like lapping it up over here oh god and then it became like keep calm and whatever whatever. Yeah. yeah no um i would say you know it it got so popular like you said, it became keep calm and whatever. Yeah. I think kind of worldwide. And worldwide. I, and I would venture to guess that the majority of people have absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea about the origin of it. Yeah, because I think um, the the Welsh band, the Stereophonics, named their album after it. Oh, really? Yeah, and even the poster and everything. And, you know, I think I read up on it and it's like, oh, the UK government were kind of like, oh, well, wait a minute, we should sue because that's kind of technically our property. Oh, and people were like, nah, it's it's kind of like it's in the public <laughs> domain now. So this guy shouldn't actually be making money off of it or whoever would started it up. It's become like an open source kind of thing, I think. But yeah. I might be wrong on that. You'll have to do further research and if someone's claimed it as their own. And but basically it was a campaign that they were planning on using if, if the Germans If the Nazis had invaded. come, yeah. yeah. I'd gained a foothold in... Nazis, yeah, yes. yes, Nazis have Germans. I mean, you know, the, the German army had, you know, occupied the UK. Right. Um, the Nazis occupied the I UK. I mean, what made them think, though, that the they, Nazis were going to allow keep calm and carry on posters to go It would have been a resistance you know? movement. Yeah, I mean, they were planning all this because what happened in the war, they thought, oh, well, the Germans are rolling out and, you know, the British Expeditionary Force and the Dunkirk... Yeah. evacuation had happened and all the kids were like oh we're never going to win this war they are so powerful and mighty and they've invaded Poland and they've taken all of France and even like the US generals were like oh well that's it even yeah. the US ambassador was like, oh, that's it Britain's doomed you yeah, know yeah. it's like the Germans are going to take over you know and the Nazis yeah the Nazis came in, and with the fall of France it was like oh Britain's going to surrender now yeah. because it's not, you know, 
It's mm-hmm. not looking good, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't looking good because it was just, it was down to the Royal Air Force who, you know, the Battle of Britain, which effectively kind of like stopped the invasion, yeah. you know, from happening. But before that, they were putting up all the anti-invasion stuff they can. And as I've personally seen all the uh, effects of that, like the, the dragon's teeth and the pillboxes and, you know... Like random stones in a field. Yeah. And you're like, what, what? What was that? Was that a house or what was that? You know, and it's just like a random block in like at the edge of a field, and someone will go, "Well, that was an anti-tank um, stone that yeah. there was just they just never removed." Oh yeah. You know, and the, the dragon's teeth on the coasts of like Wales and stuff would just look like um, pyramidal thing to like stop to channel tanks where they can like blow them up you know yeah and the pillboxes was one um on the on the Pembrey country park coast that i always thought oh that was this, why would someone have built this when i was like oh it's a wartime thing you know that someone can go in it's like a machine gun yeah you know coastal defenses mm-hmm. you know and I mean, there's there's loads of them, you know, everywhere you're going to go, you know, you'd think like, you know, you have to think like, oh, there's a random something there. And why would that be there? That doesn't make any logical sense. And then you're yeah. thinking, oh, you know, it's probably some kind of like yeah. something from the war, mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's still there. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that's still kind of like there. And that another, still exists and, just like in everyday life, just and as one you're thing walking you, around. <laughs> you never think about is like on some London estates, there's like this black mesh railings. Yeah. And you think, oh, they're just fences. Mm-hmm. They were stretchers used in the war during the Blitz. In London? In London, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's... They was they were and they've still got it the kinks in them, so they can morbid. they can be lifted up easily. It seems a bit morbid. Yeah. But they there was such a big huge surplus of them. What were they going to do with them? Yeah, after yeah. the war, yeah, were they going to melt them down? Were they, they could have reused them, obviously, to, but and then they did. They they made like fences to like go around these estates and yeah. stuff in, to make boundaries. But they didn't. They melted. They, didn't they just welded them all together. Yeah, I was going to say, but they didn't melt them down to make them look like. No, they just melt. They just welded them together and painted them black. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm presuming they weren't black to begin with. Yeah. But you can tell that's what they were. We've only seen pictures of this, by the way. We we I think it would be interesting to go and see them in real life next. Yeah. When next we um, go to London, and we'll definitely post pictures and stuff if we're able to do that. But but yeah, that's that's very crazy to me <laughs> they were uh, and they were originally emergency stretchers used by the arp mm-hmm. people you know because they had the thankless job of going around surveying the damage and also they were the first responders to anyone who'd been blown up by a bomb yeah in a rubble so yeah. it's kind of grim and it's like you know oh someone might just be injured you know mm-hmm. So they put them on these stretchers and they had the like little grooves that kept them a little bit off the thing so they could be picked up easily. Yeah. And they still have them on the fences. It's very like, it's very eerie, I would say. Eerie and grim and oh, it was, you know, and it's no wonder when, you know, like American servicemen came over from like America, you know, living normal life. even Even in a small town that was kind of poor from the Great Depression or whatever. Yeah. Going to a place like Britain must have been like, oh, the place that they don't have any food, teeth, and 
missing and the kids <laughs> have no shoes because you know yeah. everything and it's just rubble everywhere and it's grim and it's always raining it's like it's no wonder the stereotype like you know grew up you yeah. know sprung up and you know it's like oh it's terrible over there they've got nothing it's a third world country but, you know but then you look at it from a completely different angle and it's like you know they didn't end up in the garbage they no, were, they were no. reused. You know, they they repurposed them. It was yeah, very um, anti waste. <laughs> very anti waste. It was very recyclable. Yeah, you know, recyclable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems a bit oh, geez, but but you know, it's it's kind of for the better good in the long run. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, looking at them, you wouldn't. They're not like oh, those are wartime stretches. So you'd you'd have to know. You yeah. Know? Yeah. When you see them and go, oh yeah, the mesh fences. It just, they just look like fences. And it's like kind of a crazy post, little you know? like, like Audit, se- cultural oddity, you know, secret or something, you know, like yeah. And it's so much like that in like places like London. I mean, well, you went before you before you keep yeah keep going. You mentioned you briefly mentioned that church that um, we do have a photograph of in Liverpool. Yeah, the the bombed out church. And, Again, it's like an eerie, it, like it, it's a, like a it's, ghost church. It stands to like memorialize the war, yeah. you know, and the people it's who died in it. It's literally, I don't know if any of you have ever seen a picture of it. I had not before before I visited Liverpool. Um, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. But it looks like something out of like Dracula or something <laughs> because it's just the... The frame, the, just, the just the outside frame, yeah, of the, the church, basically. The, 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 the roof was hit by... An incendiary device, mm-hmm. and it burned up. Yeah, you know, and you know the black and everything is still there. You yeah, know, it hasn't been cleaned, and you know it's an, um, and it's the ancient. You know, before. it's very like gothic looking to yeah. me on the outside, anyway. And so you're looking at it. It's it's close to downtown. It's like in the middle of Liverpool. Yeah. Um, you walk up on it, and it's just this literal ghost of a church i mean you're looking at it and you can see through the windows into what would have been the inside of the church and then it's just like a frame through to the other side and see the window on the other side and then just daylight streaming all the way through sky whatever you know because there's nothing yeah and they've just left it as it is Mm -hmm. as a you know reminder of it and you know there's some i don't think you can't go in or anything right i I think think you I think you can go up to it. Yeah, so it must be they they must um it must be sturdy enough that there's no sort of like threat of it falling over. Yeah, no, it's like it's I mean, I I suppose there's ruins like that all over Britain too, you know, and technically I, yeah. I guess that's a that's a ruin now as well. Um but just for not because of time itself, but... It's quite... Well, I mean, I say it's quite new. It, it says here 1811 and 1832. Is when it was, it was built? Yeah, between... Oh, really? So it was quite new. It was in some sort of... <laughs> only like, only about 100 years old. Okay, so he just looked it up, obviously, because yeah. we didn't know that five seconds ago. But, um, yeah, does it say what style it's in? Because... I don't know. It it looks very gothic to me. It does not look like it. Yeah, it's quite it's quite gothic looking. Yeah, I, I would not have assumed it was the architecture built, anyway. Built that recently. So it's yeah. an Anglican church, you know. Yeah, it's beautiful though, and um, 
Were you able to find in your research if there's if there are any other buildings? I know most of the ones in London. We'll, we'll, well, we'll get back to London now. I know you started. The to... Victorian Albert Museum has like pock marks of like bomb blast. Okay. And there's a lot of places in London like, you know, like where there's buildings missing. Yeah. You know, and they just haven't rebuilt there. You know. Okay. Yeah. And it's like those those were obviously hit by a and and there was this brother and sister team that went around photographing all the places that you know mm-hmm. were bombed out during the war and are now like like, like recently though recently in about 2015 yeah oh yeah and that they're, they're still there you know that they haven't mm-hmm. developed because you know sometimes there was whole like um estates and yeah. houses and stuff well, and then yeah. just decided oh well we'll just put up in the 60s you know we'll just put up a huge big block of flats on it and that'll yeah. be the end of it you know yeah or we'll destroy this church because it was built in the war mm-hmm. and it's funny because Last year, in Exeter, they found an unexploded bomb from well, from unexploded the war. bombs are another yeah. Um, oh, th- <laughs> during the during the nineties, modern reminder of the war. During the nineties, that's all that seemed to come up in the news when I was a kid. It was like, oh, they found an unexploded bomb in London or Birmingham or you know something. And I'm like, what do you mean an unexploded bomb? And they're like, yeah. oh, something you know the. Germans dropped tons of bombs and some of them didn't go off. And I'm like, well, that's comforting, <laughs> you know, to, to think that there's still unexploded bombs still hanging out everywhere. Yeah. Because, you know, when they like do excavation work or whatever to build a new shopping center or something mm-hmm. and the workers was, were always coming across like these, you know. I mean, yeah, that comes on. the That makes the news over here. 10,000 pound shells or whatever, you know. When there is an unexploded bomb somewhere, yeah. I've seen it on the news over here. You know, um, mines also in the ocean. They, yeah. They, they'll wash up, like... Oh, close, yeah, sea mines, land, yeah. They, it's they, just like, oh. Well, I've actually seen a huge uh, limpet mine. Oh, really? It was washed up in the beach in Scotland. Oh, but it wasn't yeah. It wasn't unexploded or anything. Everything had been taken out, but it was just still there and nobody bothered to move it. Yeah. And it had been there since wartime. God, that's so, like, just... And it was I one of those spiky ones, you know. Like, and it looks it looks so, like, like alien, you know. Yeah. And it just washed up and people were like, ah, yeah, they just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, so it's going to explode or what? It's like, no, they've removed everything from it, you know. Yeah. Just so. no point. In... And then, bam, <laughs> you know. It's like, no, no, it's safe. Boosh, yeah. You know? But again, the, the, these yeah. are the kinds of things that we didn't deal with in America. You know, yeah. we don't have, um, we don't have bombed out, you know, ancient churches that are like standing somewhere. I mean, yeah, like... there's still like marks of it everywhere, you know, like in Britain, you know. I like it last year they had this unexploded bomb in Exeter, in mm-hmm. Devon. Yeah. And they did a controlled explosion of it. And they evacuated everyone, obviously. But it was such a big bomb that it structurally damaged all the houses surrounding it. And it's like, yeah, residents would come home to the council were like, yeah, those homes are uninhabitable now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because they'll have to be knocked down or something because it's like they've structurally been damaged by the explosion. And that was a controlled one. Goodness. Yeah, I mean... All this kind of stuff, it was just growing up, it was just kind of like the war was like, it wasn't, um, (laughs) it wasn't over or it wasn't that far away, you know, know, even though it had been like, what, 30 years, no, 50 years, Mm. 50 years, that was the 60s, yeah, (laughs) 
And I'm thinking, because I was thinking of Dad's Army and all that. That came out in the 60s. And that's when everybody started kind of like making shows about the war in the yeah. 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah. But, you know, and now it's like dramas that kind of like deal with like the wartime period, you know? Yeah. And. Well, it's a little bit like. I don't know. It feels weird. It feels weird. Like a low, a low is like you know one of the ones to make a that, comedy uh, about the, the war. You know, it's just like it was because oh, because it was kind of like Dad's Army just made fun of the the Home Guard, which were like um people who couldn't join up but were required to do their bit. So you know, yeah. anyone who was like exempt from like an ARP warden. They went into the home guard, and that was like to defend against invasion, you know. And they were yeah. like old men and yeah. young boys who yeah. had gammy legs or whatever that couldn't, like, mm -hmm. you know, medically unfit. So it was just kind of like, and then a lower low was kind of like it was written by the same people. Mm. That was about the resist a cafe owner in France, in occupied France. So it had like. You know, that kind of thing. It was occupied by the Nazis and stuff and until it was eventually liberated in the D-Day landings. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just kind of like, yeah, the, the, those kind of things were like, oh, made fun of the war. And, you know, Blackadder goes forth. Oh, yeah. That was another one that set during World War One. Yeah. In the trenches of, you know, northern France. And again, you know, it's just like people think, oh, it's trivializing the war making fun of it and stuff like that but it's actually just making its people and you know i mean if they just kind of said okay the war's over forget about that that was weird wasn't it you know yeah seal all the documents let's not talk about it ever again mm. it's like you know that's more disrespectful isn't it yeah it's more different it, it, yeah it's, it's way more disrespectful yeah it's just like oh you know i um, mean the war I, to me it seems very british to to make fun of you know, a, a serious situation. <laughs> yes, because over here, I mean, the war kind of films and TV series largely portrayed the American hero, you know? Well, yeah. And it was very, that like, serious, you know? And it was all... Romanticizing. Romanticizing, you know? Yeah. Not not trivializing, you know, the, the, the Allied forces, uh, the, the, the part that America played in... De in liberating Europe and stuff yeah. like that, but it was very much like a oh yes, we won the war by ourselves. And yes, the and, that, and that's the you attitude know? of um, many Americans if you talk to them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I mean, it's like you know, you've got to look look at it with a balanced perspective, mm. you know, and everything because you know, like there's a lot of like seventy thousand women in the UK became a GI bride. Yeah. And that's because they came over and they had they were earning five times more than the average British soldier. Yeah. They had all the chocolate, all the candy, you know, <laughs> all the like chewing gum. And, you know, they were like, wow, you know, to like people in Britain who had nothing. Yeah. And nylons and everything, you know, and they organized kids parties at the base and, you know, and yeah. it was just kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, it's like, so no wonder, you know, yeah. that happened, you know. Um, real quick before we, cause we need to wrap it up soon, but, um, another one that I thought of that is also World War One related is the, the filling of the moat around, um, uh, the Tower of London, the Tower of London with poppies. poppies yeah. Yeah. Um, I, they do that. I think they do that every year. They yeah. do. The thing, the thing about it is 
I think they use that moat for different like art installations yeah. or different like exhibits type things. Because it used to be filled with water from the Thames, but year round, like so there'll be like I think we we recently saw someone on YouTube or not recently, but we saw someone on YouTube like there was like a wildflower exhibit all, all Oh around. yeah, yeah. Really beautiful. So if you're like a tourist in London at the time of year that it's filled with poppies, you probably just think, oh, that's pretty. It's filled with poppies, yeah. Yeah, oh, this is a thing that they yeah. do. Or maybe it's like this all the time, you yeah. know. But if you're British, you know. You know, because people are wearing poppies, you yeah, know, you know around, the the 11th, around November, you know, the presenters and news people. Mm-hmm. Usually, and sometimes, sometimes they get, you know, they get picked up on it. If they're not wearing, oh, he wasn't wearing his poppy, or <laughs> yeah. she wasn't wearing a poppy. Yeah, What's going that. on here? Yeah, you know, yeah. there was huge, and still to this day, and it's like, pretty much everyone from World War One who, who could remember it is dead. The war- it you was know? literally a hundred, over a hundred years over ago. Over a hundred years ago now. Yeah. You know, it ended over a hundred years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> and it's like, so it's like. That shows you how much of it it's still... Because I don't know about over here if anyone would get picked up for not, you know. I mean, very few people wear poppies. My mom had one. She had bought one off of, like, a veteran or something yeah. one time. They, they had these little, like... Because usually ones, it's, obviously. like, the Korean War or the Vietnam War now that's kind of, like, remembered in American war Some, history. They were raising money for something, and they were selling these little... Um, like the fake flowers, you know, and it was one that you could hang in your car and it was like, um, never forget. Or it, yeah. it had a little thing with it. You know? Oh yeah. And I remember so you she, telling me that. She, you know, she bought it and she donated the money or whatever. And, and she had it in her car for years and she moved it to the new car when she got a new car. But other than that, like probably before I met you, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the association with poppies and oh yeah i mean war. again that was drill. <laughs> i mean we had to wear at school they used to like they'd stand outside with like you know mm. selling poppies yeah you know so i mean that's definitely not and it would cost like a, a pound or 50p to buy one and i get one and i put it on you know yeah um but yeah it wasn't so. a real poppy it was like it was like plastic kind of like thing so you know, oh yeah 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 i don't think they would sell real poppies you know i mean britain loves to get involved in things though <laughs> you know they love to have their things that they that they things do, to get involved know. in yeah like the if red no- red nose day red nose everybody's got to have the red nose things just and... kind of like last <laughs> i mean you know it's funny because i'm i'm trying to think of stuff that i mean you know is kind of a bit off topic but Stuff that's, you know, that lasts over here compared to over there, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not really thinking of anything right now, you know. I mean, Red Nose Day, comic relief. Over here meaning that, in that, America? Yeah. yeah. That, 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 I think that may have started I think it's over just here. to do with the fact that we're just, we're just so many more people. It's difficult to it's get different. everybody it's on different. board. Yeah, I guess, I guess so, yeah. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what, two billion people, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I hate to like wrap this up abrupt, but we our podcast, you guys, last week was so long. I feel like yeah. we, we owe it to you to like get this one. It's Forty five minutes. So yeah, yeah, you're still with us. <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> but yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of um, 
symbols and things that just still exist in everyday life in Britain. If you if you get a chance to visit, see if you can take note of all of them. Yeah. When you visit any of the castles that are along the coast, I mean, obviously they had... Well, the Dover Castle was like turned into kind of like a war HQ type yeah. thing. Yeah, but I think several of them were used as like, um, they were reused as like... Lookouts. Fortresses. For- fortresses, yeah. Like, I mean, that's what they were built it's for. It's like, oh, we've got these. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we may as well put them to use yeah. again. And even the holes, apparently, especially holes. at Dover Castle, like the holes that they would have fired, I don't know, what bow and arrow out of yeah. or whatever, you know, originally. Or like submarine, were, used, yeah. were used to fire the the guns, you know, across the I mean, channel and stuff. The invasion never happened. No. Because there, there apparently was a planned invasion. I can't remember what it was called. Operation something. Hitler had planned an invasion and then scrapped it. Yeah. Um, And I think if he'd launched it, I mean, you know, everybody talks about the if. If he'd launched it, would he have succeeded? And, you know, but it's kind of like, again... Didn't they capture, like, Guernsey or... Oh, yeah. They, those were tiny. They, they, yeah, they captured Guernsey. Yeah. Because it was pretty close easy. To France. It was very close to France. Yeah, yeah, Guernsey and Jersey. And they've got their own, like, Liberation Day holiday. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, But it's like that's the only part of Britain that was ever captured, you know. And that's kind of, yeah. like, interesting history because my dad went over there for, like, a... um. I think he went to, like, uh, Guernsey, or maybe it was Jersey, I can't remember now. But he brought back these things that he'd gone on, like, you know, at a museum there, that were kind of like um, prisoner camp cards and stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, because, yeah, they would have just taken the island prisoner, you well, know. Maybe, maybe that's another occupied the island. topic altogether. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, what's this? And it was like, oh, yeah, there's something I picked up at, you know. Yeah. So you know that was that was another interesting aspect. It's another interesting um, yeah. story, definitely. Um, if you guys have ever seen or, or have never seen, um, what is it, the Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Society? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's because that's set during mm-hmm. the the occupation of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you should check that out. Yeah, that's a that's a nice film. It's, nice. it's a lovely, it's, nice. it's a lovely film for you to watch. You love it. Anyway, thank you guys so much as always for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. If you don't follow us already on social media, be sure to check us out over there. We are on, we are at T Buddy T E A B U T T Y on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.